This is the backstory to today's show. Wow. Whenever we approach a topic like mental health struggles and mental illness, it's always a big one. And it really comes out of, a lot of times for me as a host, an executive producer, a personal connection. So this show is about eating disorders and body image. And it really came out of relationships that I have within work and within my own friendships where my friends and colleague have struggled with an eating disorder and mainly anorexia and bulimia. And I personally had to journey and have had to journey uh, with them. And it's been very, very difficult. And to see the impact of that on themselves and on their family and the people that love them. So I thought it was important to do this show to end the stigma of eating disorders, to understand that an eating disorder is not about food, it's about control. And I wanted to do this show because I wanted to be in a listening and learning posture so that I could know how to be the best in supporting the ones that I love that are struggling with an eating disorder. And so we brought in some pretty courageous people, uh, three women and a man who are struggling uh, with an eating disorder. And I wanted to hear their stories firsthand on how it started, the triggers, how they're managing, what they had to go through, and then I wanted them to tell me what not to do or what not to say to someone who's struggling. It was eye-opening, it's emotional, I learned a lot, but my heart is that as we struggle in everything about life, some have eating disorders, some have addictions, all kinds of things, that we are in this together, that as we share our story, there brings more power and courage in it. As we share a story, people are healed and don't feel alone. As we share a story, people learn to be better in helping. As we share a story, we create community and safety. As we share a story together, there's power in that. And as we share a story, there was a sense, there is a sense that God is in the midst of our pain and our struggle. And that's my hope, that in the midst of our darkest place, God is with us. He never leaves us, forsake us, or forsakes us. And that we are his beloved and that we are loved by him. And that's the backstory of this show. You are seen, you are heard, you are loved by God. You're not alone, you're fully known. You are loved by God. Welcome to See Here Love. I'm your host, Melinda. Today we'll be hearing stories from everyday people, your neighbor, your mom, your colleague, your brother, who are struggling with an eating disorder. Well, I wanna give you some quick info on what an eating disorder is and its impact. If you don't know, an eating disorder is an illness which changes the way people think, feel, and act about eating habits. And there are four main kinds of eating disorders. Anorexia nervosa, uh, bulimia, also there is binge eating disorder and orthorexia. You can find all the definitions on our website at seeherelove.com. Here's something I found fascinating, and then I'm going to introduce these amazing people beside me. Approximately 1 million Canadians meet the diagnostic criteria for an eating disorder. 1 million Canadians. In the United States, it's an estimated 30 million Americans suffer from an eating disorder. That's almost the population of Canada. And 1 in 10 people living with an eating disorder receive treatment. Well, thankfully, 
My special guests are one of the 10 who sought treatment for their eating disorder and are here to tell their stories. So welcome all of you and I wanna get right into introductions. So I have Jermaine Downey, you're a retired army captain and you've been struggling with bulimia. Yes. Yes, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Appreciate that. We have Shannon Binkley. You are a grade three teacher and you've been struggling with anorexia. Yes. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Shannon, you. for being here as well. Thank you. Nikki Fletcher, you're a mom of two little kids and you've been struggling with anorexia. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Trish Powell, which this is really special because actually Trish works for See Here Love and this, this show came out of conversations that we've had. Trish Powell, uh, you're a mom of four boys and you have struggled with anorexia and bulimia. I have. Wow, so thank you so much for coming and sharing your story. Now, those numbers that I gave you, the 1 million Canadians, the 30 million Americans, that, you know, that eating disorders are the number one sort of killer in mental illness, what do you think of those numbers? I mean, what does that mean to you? Why do you think the numbers are so high? What are your thoughts? I think honestly the hardest part is when you're kind of in the midst of it, you don't really see how bad things actually are. So when um, a lot of people that aren't aware even that they might be struggling, they think like, oh, you know, I'm still this size, I'm still doing this, I've still got this, I've still got this, I'm fine. Mm -hmm. So that number is just so like, I think directed by the fact that, you know, there's so much surrounding it that people don't fully understand. Fully understand. Mm -hmm. Jermaine, what about you? The stats I, that I, I gave. I think people, when you have an eating disorder, you're swimming mm -hmm. and you don't realize it and when it's time to really acknowledge it. Mm -hmm. I think it's a sobering yeah. thought. Yeah. And swimming meaning what? Like it's just that you're, well, you're treading swimming. water or that you're... you're well, you're swimming. swimming. Like, you know, you're swimming and, and you, you're, you're treading water. Your life is going on. You feel like you're in control, but really, to you're the rest drowning. of the to the rest drowning. of people, you're, you're out of control. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You're drowning. Yeah. Shannon, what about you? Um, I think it's outstanding that there's that many people, and there's not a lot of support or mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. anyone to help you through it. So that's why I think the numbers are so big: is that there's lack of help for us mm -hmm. for those people. Wow. I think our standards are so high too, right? In media and culture, I mean, the you look at Instagram and the number of people you see, there's just so many images every day that you're like, I want to live like that, I want to be like that. So a million Canadians, 30 million Americans, I'm not surprised. Yeah. I want to ask this at the, t at the top of the show because a lot of people think that an eating disorder is just like about food. Yeah. And immediately you go, but, but, but I'm just saying for someone, and again, I'm in, I'm in a listening and learning posture here, but talk about that before we get into the story, because I think we need to dispel that myth that it's about food. What is it about? It's a mental bottle, yeah. for sure. It's a control thing, I yeah. think. Absolutely. Like, you lose control of one area in your life, and like, when you lose control of that, it's just like everything else spirals, and then it's just, you kind of come to a point where you're like, whoa, <laughs> like, yeah. how did it get this bad? Yeah. And so I think that's too. Like, right, part of it. definitely control, though. Yeah. I mean, even though it's, you're not really in control, right? No. But it's like, this no. is, I, I will control everything. It's not even about food. It's just trying to, circumstances, you're trying to control your circumstances. Yeah. It's the one so that you can control. It, yeah. Food is, is the one is, thing. Yeah. The yeah. one thing is food is the one yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Food is yeah. the vehicle, I believe, that is used as the controlling factor. Right. Mm -hmm. ah. oh, that's that's yeah. that smart. Wow. Go a little deeper in that. What do you mean? Food is the one thing that you have control of. You can control the rest of your world with food. So... With that being said, you can binge it, you can purge it. Mm. And the rest of your world is so out of control, 
food is the one thing that you have complete control of and your body. Right. So you can fluctuate your weight and control that with food. Mm -hmm. And also it's not just about food. Like you said, there's so many other things that go with it. One of my symptoms was excessive exercise. Mm -hmm. I ran almost two marathons a week when I was in the army. Wow. To and from work. Mm -hmm. I worked in, lived in Halifax and I ran to Shearwater every morning, you know? So, I mean, that, that was just, you know, because I could control that. Mm -hmm. It's control. So that it's not control. about food. It's no. not about it's food. It's about control. It's about control. Wow. Yep. Wow. Thank you. And we're going to get to your personal stories in just a moment. But when we come back, we're going to hear from Jermaine and Shannon and Nikki and Trish, their stories of eating disorders and how they're managing today. That's coming up. Check out the See Here Love podcast and get the backstory. Good job. Get the inside scoop on real issues and real answers on common challenges we all face in relationships and in life. Find See Here Love on Apple Podcasts. Start your week off with me in your inbox. Sign up for our weekly newsletter today for exclusive content of See Here Love. Blogs, behind the scenes footage, and access to giveaways you'll love. Sign up today and let's start our week together. We're back to hear stories of struggling with eating disorders. And I'm so glad that Jermaine and Shannon, Nikki, and Trish are here with me today to share their stories. So, Nikki, let's start with you. How did your eating disorder begin, and what has your journey looked like to today? Um, I've actually always taken pride in the fact that I've been um, growing up, especially like I was always thick and confident, you know, like I'm very tall. I carried my weight well. I was always kind of the heavier friend and it never fazed me truthfully um, until I became a mom in 2015 and um, I was hit by the postpartum depression train mm. and um, I had so much in my life. My life was always very firm. I've got a great relationship with my family. I've got just, I'm very blessed in that regards. And um, yeah, I, I started just really not feeling like myself. And instead of not eating, you know, I did the opposite. I was eating like crazy. So I gained a ton of weight um, at my heaviest. I was actually, I was sitting at close to 300 pounds. And um, I, but I was happy, truthfully, I was very happy. And so then I never really thought too much about it, but then all of a sudden the voices of people around me just really started to mm. become suffocating. And then, so I what said- What were they saying? Just stuff like, um, oh, you were thinner when you were pregnant. You know, if you would just mm. eat like this, if you would just do this and exercise, like you would be beautiful. And that was oh. the insult that just like really struck me because it's like, okay, if I'm, not beautiful at this, you know, what, what can I do? So then it became, you know, I lost the first 50 pounds really healthily. I took, I took really good care of myself. And then all of a sudden you get to that goal weight and I couldn't stop. I just kept going and then, you know, it became, oh no, she's sick. There was never anything in between. It was just always this, I was, it was almost constantly just shoved in my face. Yeah. And so it became denial. Like I'm not actually that bad. I'm not actually doing this. I'm not actually blah, 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 blah. Um, all while trying to mom. And I think the hardest thing I've ever had to do was keep myself together for my son. Right. And I felt so guilty all the time. Like, why am I getting worse when I should be getting better? Because I've got this beautiful little boy who I love more than anything in the entire world. And here I am suffering. And it was just getting worse and worse and worse. And unfortunately, I was put on some medication in hopes to help me. I saw the wrong doctor and just things went. Wow. Poof 
and um, altogether, I had lost, um, I think, close to 150 pounds within the year, and it got to the point where doctors were like physically begging me to seek that treatment, but I didn't want it because for the first time, I was the skinny friend, I was the beautiful friend, I had finally hit that mark of you know, society standards of beautiful. Right, right. And that's where I wanted to stay. And it just became this battle between me and the scale every single day. Like I would get up right when I, my feet would hit the floor, I'm weighing myself. Okay, so I have put on half a pound. Okay, well then you know what? That 500 calories that we were eating a day, that's now 150. Were people noticing the change? And then what led you to getting help and treatment? Um, so I have been blessed with a husband who sees me for who I am and just, furiously loves me for it. Okay. And I have been so blessed at my highest weight, you know, he was he never once, you know, in the worst of the worst, mm -hmm. never once looked at me and was like, and he would be the person that you would expect to right. have an opinion on that. But no, you know what, he was very encouraging and he loved me through it. And he sat me down actually, um, and he goes, Nicole, like, I can't watch this anymore. It kicked me right into treatment. And um, God has had such a crazy hand even in this experience too. And I look back and so bitter at him thinking, you know, you, <laughs> you point the blame game and yeah. when you're hurting, you're hurting. And um, I think the other thing too is that people think like when you're in the midst of an eating disorder, you don't realize the tornado that you've become. Right. You don't realize right. the destruction yeah. that you've yeah. You're all like this. Yeah, yes. everybody's like, yeah. <laughs> tornado. Yeah. 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 yeah, and it's the hardest thing to watch because all of a sudden you're walking and everything is going by so fast around you and then you stop and you turn around and you're like, Whoa, did what I, happened? Yeah. Did I create that right. mess? Is this me? <laughs> is this me? How long were you in, in treatment for? Um, you know what? God knew um, where I needed to be in that moment. And he, instead of putting me in that treatment, um, it, was a, it wasn't a good experience for me. Okay. Um, unfortunately, I, um, I ended up, I needed to be kicked in a different way, you know? And so I was very lucky God sent me my daughter. And my, and, you know, it was the in my head the wrong time because I'm thinking how, Am I going to go from this to this? And the walk of eating disorders and pregnancy, that's a whole right. other right. issue. So your daughter was the one who yeah. kind of got you and you said you need yes. to. God, I was pregnant. God really just grabbed me by the head and he goes, not only am I going to give you the blessing of a life, I'm gonna give you a daughter. So when you look at that daughter every mm -hmm. single day, you look in those yeah. eyes and you wanna be a better example. Yeah. You wanna love yourself so she learns to love herself because if I have to watch my daughter go through what I know my mom has watched me go through, like that yeah. makes me feel ill just right. because it was it was really hard for everyone yeah. like really hard thank you we're going <laughs> to get back and circle around but thank you for that and the gift of your children is such a gift in in, in such a, in a bigger way than you could have known anything yeah. anything and everything yeah. yeah and your husband yes too, yes to be that i love that he furiously loves you furiously unconditionally i love that and that's i think that's going to be part of at the end of the show we talk about what can we do so thank you thank you Nikki. Hey, it's Chris, friend of See, Here Love with Melinda. Sorry to interrupt this conversation, but I just had to let you know that the only way that See, Here Love gets to produce fun and authentic conversations like this one is through your financial donations. So go to seeherelove.com and click on the big donate button. Thanks for your support. Let's get back to the show. Jermaine, what about you? Your story what, and what's, what it's been like to be a man with a complex eating disorder with bulimia. What has that been like for you in your journey? In short of a long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> in short of a long story, um, had a career in the military for 21 years, but it became a way of coping mm -hmm. with stress, mm -hmm. the life in the military. And of course, if you understand the military way of life, 
you know, your whole appearance, you're judged by that. Mm -hmm. Your competence is judged by that. Mm -hmm. The way you look. So everywhere you go as, as an officer, your, your, your leadership ability depends on how you look. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I openly heard people look at, you know, other officers if they were overweight, whether they're competent or not, just because of how they looked. So just judge by they just judge by. They just judge. Oh, he's sloppy or what have you. Right, know? You know. Right. So that more that that put more pressure on you as an officer, to to basically look sharp and look well and look mm -hmm. physically fit. So I got into running excessively. You know, the purging and the binging was through the roof. My whole life was a mudslide. I would say that for me as a man, it was very hard to come out. Mm. Um, and, and to disclose that I had an eating disorder. And I remember going into groups and I was the only male and being scared and you know what? Y'all share the same story. I have yeah. many sisters I like to call when you know, I went into <clears throat> to, to, to group. So went into treatment in 2007, relapsed, went into treatment again in 2016, relapsed. So God looked at me and he said, you're not getting it. <laughs> Maybe I need to show you something to get it. So I went into the hospital with chronic pancreatitis and that was a near-death experience for me. Okay. So I almost died at that point. And that's when I really kind of clued in. It's like, yeah. you need to, you need to wake yeah. up. Mm. Thank you, wow. Yeah. I'm glad you're here. I'm here. Yes, you are here. Shannon. Your um, story, how it all began. <laughs> Where do you start? I know, yeah. I know. but um, you've been like this with everybody, like yes. yes and yeah. Um, I was always the small kid, like short in height, thin as ever, could eat what you want, nothing mattered. Um, so I never really grew up being self-conscious or like had body issues. So this kind of, to me, came out of nowhere. Uh, I was 24 when I was diagnosed. Um, I was struggling to find a teaching job, which was my forever passion goal in life. Just working at daycare with 29, not 29, sorry, 19 girls. Um, that were all very avid into the gym. So I've never thought I was big, but I definitely had body issues around like my stomach and stuff. So I was like, oh, I'll just go to the gym. I feel pressure from everybody else. And you know, again, back to the control, like I couldn't, I wasn't getting the, the job I wanted. So what can I work on to kind of make me feel better yeah. about it? Uh, so I went to the gym and, and just one day after, you know, you start hearing the comments of, you know, you, you're looking really good, you're looking really good, and you never thought, you never didn't look good. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Not that I ever felt good enough for anybody as it was, which kind of led into this. Um, something clicked in my head and it was just over excessive um, exercise, cutting out a bunch of food groups, cu cutting out a bunch of everything basically to just minimize the calories, you know, I would go and I would burn a thousand calories on the treadmill and eat 500 in a day because why would I eat over mm -hmm. what I've burnt, mm -hmm. right, to gain it? Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thinking, heck no. So, and it just, like I said, it clicked and it spiraled and I just lost control from there and I ended up in the hospital on a feeding tube um, for two months straight because I was pretty much, you know, the size of a five-year-old and I couldn't walk, talk, I couldn't do anything on my own anymore. So, and then I went into treatment after that. And um, when I was transitioning from the hospital into treatment, um, God kind of heard my prayers and I got, um, I got hired by the school board. So, wow. yeah, I actually had, wow. I, I had yeah. my uh, interview when I was 
deathly sick. I don't remember it whatsoever. How I got hired, I will never know. But um, <laughs> yeah, I found out when the night I went into the hospital, actually, and then I was off the wait list as I was transferring into my treatment. So how are you doing now? How are you doing today? Well, when I left the program, uh, I remember the doctor said to me, "You were one of the worst cases, and I will guarantee you will relapse." And I said, "I will prove you wrong." So I have definitely wow. stuck to yeah. that. Oh, um, that's a yeah. high yeah. five, girl. So, that's good. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. Definitely a battle mentally yeah. every day. Yeah. Um, always body issues, still, still very regimented around my food and what I eat. Definitely want to eat really healthy to watch that weight. I don't want to get over a certain number still, which is a struggle for, for me and people that you know are in my family and stuff. But. Um, it's getting better every day. Good. So That's amazing. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. And it's so good. Yeah. It's like every one of you here is just like a miracle yeah. of kind of mm -hmm. God saying, I'm going to do it where near-death experience, baby, job, and everything yeah. else, and just seeing your life, it's pretty. Well, yeah. Fabulous. The doctor said if you didn't come in tonight, you wouldn't have lived to see the next day. So mm -hmm. Thank you, yeah. Shannon. Great. You. Good. Trish, your story. How do you sum it up? <laughs> um, right. Your story, yeah. how it started. <laughs> and, yeah. No, I think it was kind of the typical, you know, really good childhood. And um, getting into high school, you're, I was at an all-girls private school. A lot of pressure there. A lot of pressure academically, physically. It was, you know, you always have to be more. And which meant you're not good enough. So that's kind of the voice. That, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and it's like I would never let anyone else talk that way, but right. you know, to themselves. Don't that's actually so right. true. Right? Yeah. That's, true. Yeah. that's very true. Very true. But like that like, that you would never let anyone else no. talk to you that way, but you No, like no. let them talk about themselves. Talk about themselves. Yeah. Yeah. themselves yeah. Like if okay. you were yeah. saying that, I'd be like, no, no that's don't, not true. That's don't not talk true. Like yeah. that. We basically bully ourselves. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. bully yourself. Yeah. Absolutely. We are our own worst enemy. So if you saw your daughter or your son and someone talking like that or him saying that about himself, you would say no. No. But somehow it you But for ourselves. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the same thing. We all went into, I'm sure we all went into treatment and we're like, we all thought we didn't belong there. We yeah. weren't, yeah. oh, I am not thin enough. I'm not yeah. sick enough. Yeah. Um, so I did go into treatment in my early, or in my late teens and um, got my way kind of, you know, I was smart enough to get around everything and mm -hmm. did what I was supposed to. So I had four boys and over the four, over the 10 years that I had them, I was kind of in and out and in and out. Um, you know, I'd lose enough weight just to get everyone, or just to get, you know, the voice out of my head, but then gain enough to get everyone off my mm -hmm. back. Mm -hmm. So you don't really tackle it. Um, I would say the biggest thing that changed was at uh, 38, I just realized I have been battling this for over 20 years, 22 years. Wow. And I remember thinking, I, I thought I've always got a handle on it, but do I really? And do I want to be 40? Do I want to be 50? Do I want to be 60 still dealing with this? Mm. And it just clicked. I went into treatment. Um, I learned to eat, to refuel my body, and I learned it's okay mm -hmm. to, to not be enough, right? Some days are bad, some days are good. Yep. So I came out of there pretty healthy. Um, it's been three years. It's hard, mm -hmm. um, you know, I kept trying to get out of this show because I'm like, you know, it's, <laughs> it's a great topic, Mel, but I really don't want to do it. Yeah. Um, it's hard because I'm not anywhere where I would love to be, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. You want me to go on the show? Sure, but let me lose 25 pounds, mm -hmm. 
right? Like, let me just, you know, yeah. that's all I need. Yeah. So it never really goes away. So it never really goes away. So the, the struggle is always there, yes. and it's the always, real. the struggle yeah. is real. It's always mm -hmm. top of mind. Yeah. Um, and it's a control mm -hmm. issue, oh, yeah. a mental issue, not a food issue. Not a food issue. I'm, I'm hearing control. I'm hearing adding 10 more pounds. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you're continually thinking that. that. Right, right. right. Yeah. But what I'm, what I'm astounded about, and, I, and we have to throw into a break, but what I'm astounded about is this amazing way God kind of reached into the place mm -hmm. that you needed to be spoken into, right? A doctor literally yeah, saying, you're gonna be back. And you're like, I'm gonna prove you wrong. Yeah. You're almost yeah. dying. Mm -hmm. Again, baby, and for you to say, well, wait a second, I don't want to be 50, 60, 80, still battling this, and I have kids. When does it stop? Yeah. Right, when does it when stop? Does it stop? Yeah. When is enough And when is enough? Yeah. Enough? yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you. You know, I'm, I'm, wow, we could do this for hours because I want to learn so much. Well, when we come back, we're going to be talking about the best advice that Jermaine, Shannon, Nikki, and Trish are going to give me on how to support those or my friend mm. who is struggling with an eating disorder. But first, we'd love for you to join our See Here Love community. And I'll tell you just how you can. And then co-host Cheryl Nemhart is going to come right here on the floor and share from the good word from Psalm 139, 14 to 17 about how our body and soul are wonderfully made. That's next. Hi, I'm Melinda, host and executive producer of See Here Love, and I hope you are enjoying our conversation today. Well, you may not realize that See Here Love is made possible by the support of viewers and listeners like you. So would you please consider becoming a monthly donor? Any gift goes a long way in helping us build a community of women and men who talk about real issues and struggles as we navigate our faith together. Well, please go to seeherelove.com now and click on the big purple donate button. Thanks so much. Two years ago, my family took a summer trip to one of our most favorite places on earth. Not anywhere tropical, believe it or not, Montreal. It's one of our favorite spots. Uh, the architecture, the history, the, the arts, uh, it just feeds the creatives and the artists in my family, and we love it. It's a little piece of heaven. Well, we were there. Our first stop was the gallery, uh, my daughter's favorite, and she stumbled upon a painting that took her breath away. And uh, she called me over all excited, and I stood behind her, and she said, Mom, look at this thing. It's unbelievable. The colors, the depth, uh, it's like it's leaping off the canvas. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I couldn't see it. I couldn't see it. I struggled to, you know, get as excited as she was, and I couldn't see what she was seeing, and she was describing it with such excitement and such clarity. And then she turned over, quite frustrated with me, because, you know, we're, we're not on the same page artistically, and she said, Mom, take your glasses off. Well, I had my sunglasses on. I took my sunglasses off, and you know what happened? That picture leapt off the canvas. The colors were brilliant. The depth was there. And you know, it made me realize that so many of us are like that moment. We struggle to see the beauty in ourselves. And like the sunglasses, there are many things that hinder the lens in which we see ourselves. For some, it's trauma. For some, it's pain. For some, it's low self-esteem, low self-worth, anxiety, or mental illness. But the only true lens that we need is the Bible. 
And that is where we get our identity from. Psalm 139, 14, 17 says this, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast are the sum of them. Does your soul know it well? And if you don't, I just pray that you know that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And that fearful means reverent. It's a holy awe. God was in awe of you when he made you wonderfully. You, like that painting, are a masterpiece. Well, thanks, Cheryl, for that beautiful reminder that we are made and loved immensely by God. Well, let's finish our show by you helping me, giving me advice to someone who you know, does not have an eating disorder, but you know, is in the company of those that do. What advice would you give me on helping you and helping them today? What would you say? What not to do, what to do, <laughs> things to stay away from. <laughs> go for it, you have the floor. What not to do This is your sure. time. Jermaine is like, I'm ready. Tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. One thing I would do, uh, you know, is to police their eating. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. That is the main thing, is to allow them to discover themselves. Okay. And you be a support more than a food police. Mm -hmm. But right. it's like you just want to because you're like watching and saying, it, eat more yeah. of this and eat more of that. But yeah. don't do that yourself. Don't saying. do that. Do not police their food. Be a support. Be, Be a support. an ear. Be an ear. Okay. And don't Listen. say eat more. Yeah. That is Never like say eat more. Just, yeah. just eat. Just eat. Why can't you just eat? Yeah. Okay. That's just. So don't police food. Don't say just eat. What would you yeah. say, Shannon? Um, I would say like when they're ready, they're ready. Like my biggest thing was like being pushed and being pushed just set me more over the edge. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to know yourself when you're ready to get that treatment or when you're ready to get better. You know, I, I get it like on the support end, you know, you don't want to see someone struggling and stuff, but you're just pushing and making them angrier more. So what do we do? Like if I do see that and I'm like really concerned, do you want me not to say anything? No, but Such a say it, yeah, but say it with concern, yeah. you know? And no, I'm, we say no judgment, but there still is judgment, right? Because really, it's something wrong with us. You're trying to say something's wrong with us. So which we're already internalizing. Yeah. Which we're already, we, know we already know. Yeah. We're our own worst yeah. critic. So. You see, judgment comes out in your question too, right? Yes. You have yes. to form your question so that you're not judging the person within your question. Okay. So you have to really think about how you question. Okay, so be thoughtful and intentional about how we talk. Absolutely. And, and like, mm -hmm. don't get don't get us wrong. Like, we know we're frustrating. Like, we know that we are hard we to are. deal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, speaking for <laughs> myself, I know I yeah. But like, even in the worst of the worst, like, we don't half the time we're living like this. The only thing that we can see is the mirror and the scale yeah. and what we're not and like what we need to do to get there. So, realistically, like. Sometimes the best thing that you know you can do for someone in our shoes is just like love us through it. Like remind us that we're not alone through it. Remind us that we're, you know, we're worth the treatment. We're worth getting, you know, better. Okay. We're worth that. We're, and they're here for us through right. it. Yeah. We have so much to talk about. We have our after the show thoughts, and I know that there's going to be some blogs that are going to be written. And I have just learned a lot. Mm -hmm. Not only about what you've said, but just your presence and being here, for choosing to be here on the show, to put yourself out there, 
and to help other people around the world. Like, really thank you. It takes a lot of courage and bravery, and I'm completely honored that you are here on the show, so thank you so much. And I can't wait for after show thoughts, too. Well, thank you again, and uh, if you're struggling with an eating disorder, uh, we have lots of resources for you on seeherelove.com. We also have a 24-7 prayer line that will pray for you any time of the day, and the number is on the screen right now. And if you decide to go on to seeherelove.com for resources, uh, make sure you click hello on our website, and we, our team at See Here Love, will pray for you as you send us your uh, request. Also DM us on Instagram and on Facebook as well. Know that you're not alone, that you are wonderfully made and loved by God. And as you go and as you journey through your life, know that you are seen, heard, and deeply loved by God. Bye-bye. Deeks Insurance is a proud sponsor of the See Here Love Studio. See Here Love with Melinda Estabrooks is a production of Crossroads Christian Communications Incorporated, a member of the Canadian Council of Christian Charities. To support this program, please visit seeherelove.com and click the donate button or call 1-800-265-3100. And from me and the See Here Love team, thanks so much for your support.